So here's today's transformational truth. In marriage, talking doesn't always equal communicating. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. So here's today's transformational truth. In marriage, talking doesn't always equal communicating. Okay, and today, I want to continue our conversation around marriage and communication. So every married couple argues from time to time. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your marriage. What we generally don't understand about an argument is that the argument itself is almost always the symptom, not the problem. And if we don't get our heads around that reality, we'll always point to the argument as the problem or are arguing as the real issue. Uh, People will often say, I don't even know if we just stay married. All we do is argue. But listen to me carefully. The argument is not the issue. It is a symptom of a deeper problem. And until you address that problem, you're always going to be stuck arguing over symptoms. Absolutely true. Some couples think that, that you know, maybe starting over with a new spouse is going to solve all of their problems. But Research actually shows us that statistically speaking, the more a person gets married and divorced, the more likely they are to get married and divorced again and then again and again. Why? Because you take you with you wherever you go. Yeah. So since the work has to be done anyway, why not stay put and invest in the marriage you're in so you can both heal, move forward, and have an amazing life together, okay? Because if you don't address the issues that are getting in the way of communication and intimacy right now in your marriage, all you're going to do is carry fresh baggage and old pain into a brand new relationship. So forget it. Why not invest in this marriage, invest in the relationship, work together, because you have this amazing opportunity. You have an opportunity to salvage the marriage you've got and all of the stuff you've been through and all of the conflict you've been through and and use that to build something special. Because arguing is not evidence that you two are not compatible. It's just not true. It's evidence that you're two human beings who want to share what's going on in your hearts, but you just probably don't know how, okay? And, And there's two reasons, typically speaking, there's two reasons why we argue. Number one, a lack of intentional, healthy communication. And number two, fear. Okay. Number one, a lack of intentional, healthy communication. And number two is fear. Let's break both of these down. Let's start with, with healthy communication. What does that even mean? Well, let's define that because when I say healthy communication, everybody has their own idea or concept around what healthy communication is. But the fact of the matter is that uh, studies have shown that the couples who have the healthiest level of communication have created time every single week to sit down and both take turns listening and talking to each other about the stuff that's the most important to you. 
Okay, here's what that means. You've created safety in your marriage to the point that you're both able to freely share your hopes, your fears, your insecurities uh, without fear of backlash or rejection from your spouse. That's vital. We'll get more to that in a second. Okay, this means that you're regularly saving emotional energy at the end of your day for each other, okay? And you're talking and you're sharing your highs and your lows. Uh, this is important. Now, I think uh, it's good to have conversation time every day, but the kind of deep, meaningful conversation I'm talking about, listen, uh, if you're not doing it at least once a week now, start there. Pick a time on the calendar, put it on the calendar. Okay, this is the time, this is the hour or two hours we're going to spend either over breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and we're, we are going to talk about the things that are most important to us, the things that we've been holding on to in our hearts. Um, and it means that you've cultivated the kind of safety in your marriage where you can do that without fear of that backlash or rejection. That's vital. We'll get into that in a moment. The second reason most couples argue is fear. Fear. Now, initially, this might sound odd. Okay, what? why wouldn't we talk? What, what do you mean fear? I'm not afraid of my spouse. We just don't communicate well. Well, more often than not, the reason you're not communicating is because of a level of subconscious fear you don't even realize is there. Uh, here's uh, four of the most common fears. Okay, number one, fear of rejection. Okay, so you're not really communicating with your spouse because you're afraid that if you do, if you really talk about the stuff that's in your heart, uh, they might reject you. It maybe not physically reject you, but emotionally reject you. Or they might reject uh, intimacy in the marriage. And, and you're afraid to show them the pain that's really in your heart or the insecurities that's really in your heart. Or um, you're afraid that they're going to reject you because you are really vulnerable and transparent. And so you, you just get quiet and you withdraw. Number two is the fear of being alone. Uh, these are four of the most common fears uh, amongst uh, human beings, okay? Fear of being alone. Uh, number three is fear of abandonment. And number four is fear of conflict. These are the top four fears that most of us as human beings wrestle with, deal with. Um, all of these fears, if left unchecked in our marriage, will slowly erode emotional trust with your spouse, okay? which makes it impossible to really communicate. It'll always be just surface level communication. So to help you paint a picture of kind of what emotional trust looks like in marriage, uh, I'm gonna share with you four attributes of emotional intimacy, all right? I, I, and I'm sharing these with you, with the objective of helping you sort of paint a picture. What, what is he talking about when he says emotional trust? These are the things that typically that we're after and we don't know how to articulate, all right? Uh, first sign of emotional intimacy in a marriage is you're able to be honest about your insecurities. Okay, you're both free uh, to be vulnerable about the stuff that you probably would never share with anybody else. You you are able to let your spouse into those <laughs> uh, those spl those spaces and places in your heart that man you really feel insecure about, and you wouldn't want anyone else to see. Uh, because either it's embarrassing, it feels uh, embarrassing initially, or it feels like a, a weakness to you and you, you don't want to let anyone into that space for fear of getting hurt. In a marriage, the most emotionally intimate marriages are marriages where both the husband and wife can be truthful about whatever insecurities they're carrying through life and in the relationship. Number two, second sign of emotional intimacy in marriage is you don't make each other feel guilty 
for processing your difficult emotions, okay? Instead, you're understanding, you're reassuring, and you don't let your own triggers take over and shut down your spouse when they're, when they're processing, okay? Which requires security on your own part. Number three, you don't avoid deep, meaningful conversations, okay? You don't get lost in your phone. Uh, you don't get lost on social media. Uh, you don't get lost uh, binging on Netflix. You know, your spouse is trying to have a conversation with you, but you keep finding ways to avoid those deep, meaningful conversations, okay? You're always, quote unquote, too busy to have that talk. Listen, our words express what's going on in our heart. So if we can't express what's in our heart, we will eventually build emotional barriers. Over time, your spouse will feel rejected. They'll feel like uh, you're not emotionally available. And to protect their own hearts from getting hurt, they will start to build emotional barriers. All right. Number four, you don't feel threatened by each other's success. Okay. Uh, listen, in emotionally intimate marriages where there's strong emotional trust, you both realize uh, that when one wins, you both win. Okay. So you're not competing against each other. You don't feel threatened by each other when one, one or the other is succeeding or doing well. Now, listen, obviously there are varying factors to poor communication. Not everyone's story is the same. I get it. Um, but one of those factors will include your personality. All right, because some personality styles are just more prone to avoiding conflict than others. In which case, you're going to have to get used to being uncomfortable. If, you're, if your personality style tends to be conflict avoidant, okay, if that's just sort of built into who you are, um, <clears throat> you're going to have to get really used to being uncomfortable and leaning into conflict rather than away from it because we don't get a pass. Being conflict avoidant um, or just sort of... That's your personality to, I just want to keep the peace. You don't want to bring anything up that's going to maybe result in some conflict or an argument in the marriage. Listen, we don't get a pass. You don't get to just say, well, that's just how I am. Nobody gets to do that in marriage. If you're, if you're serious about cultivating a life-giving, emotionally healthy marriage, you have to be serious about leaning into the, dis the discomfort of um, potentially some conflict. Because here's the irony, avoiding conflict is one of the top contributors to conflict. Let me say that again. Avoiding conflict is actually one of the top contributors to conflict. And another contributing factor to your communication issues is how your parents dealt with conflict when you were growing up. This plays actually a huge role in how we navigate communication with our spouse. It, it oftentimes flies sort of under the radar. Uh, let me give you an example. If you always saw your parents argue in front of you, but you never saw them apologize in front of you, then you probably learned a very incomplete and unhealthy style of managing conflict. Okay, because you never learned about the resolution side or how to do it well. So that other side of conflict, that that apology, that uh, reconciling moment, if you didn't see it modeled for you, it'll feel strange to you. Uh, and, be, and anything you don't feel competent doing, you'll feel insecure trying. Okay, uh, here's another uh, example. If both parents avoided conflict, conflict to keep peace in the house, then by default, you may have adopted the idea that avoiding conflict is the goal to a healthy marriage which sets you up for a lot of pain and disappointment down the road. Because the reality is a lot of couples go through their lives avoiding conflict until, guess what? 
uh, they couldn't avoid it anymore. And oftentimes, unfortunately, it resulted in divorce or separation or a very, very painful season. Because it's, it's not that the conflict wasn't there. It was that they buried it. And eventually, just, just like fault lines in the earth, you know, there's an earthquake. There's a, there's a, a plate shift, right? There's, there's this, that happens in the soul. When you're in the context of marriage, if you keep burying all of your difficult emotions and insecurities and pain and you can't talk, well, guess what? Over time, there is a shift that happens in the soul. Um, it's, it can be, feel volcanic. You know, I often say it this way. The longer I, I wait to have difficult conversations, the louder the volume usually gets when I eventually have it. And that's true, very true in the context of marriage. Okay, so if you just avoid it, then eventually you're going to be faced with a mountain of it. Because the truth is you cannot avoid difficult emotions. All you can do is put them off. And the longer you put them off, the more they have usually grown beneath the surface and the more difficult they are to navigate. Now, if you're there, don't listen. Don't just avoid it because you know it's going to be hard. Lean into it. Have Begin that conversation. Okay, begin this journey. And I often tell people at this point in the process, depending on how long it's taken, it might be a good time to seek out a really good uh, marriage therapist or marriage counselor. Because these folks are trained. I mean, the good ones, are, they're trained and they genuinely care. And they know how to walk us backwards to navigate that old pain so that we can move forwards and win in our marriage and in life. Okay. Because um, <clears throat> the key to breaking the argument cycle is not avoiding the difficult conversations or the key issues in your marriage. All that does is breed bitterness and resentment. The key to breaking the argument cycle is to, number one, learn how to intentionally communicate with each other in a way that makes you both feel safe, heard, and valued. And number two, drill down into the heart to discover old fears, pain, and insecurities that's fueling your arguments and keeping you stuck in this cycle where you feel like you're always arguing about the same stuff and never feeling understood, all right? So let's review those two again. If you're going to break the argument cycle, you've got to learn how to intentionally communicate, and you've got to drill down to discover those old insecurities, that old pain, and those old fears that keep you stuck in that, that cycle of arguing. Now, I, I want to do something. I want to give you three you and your spouse to talk through together. Here's what I would recommend. Uh, maybe this is Maybe you can make this your very first... Uh, sit down intentional communication moment, okay, this week. And I would recommend taking 30 to 60 minutes to talk through these questions. Go to breakfast, uh, sit down with it, write these questions down, and then I would recommend you write down your answers and just talk over these together. Oh my goodness. If you will sit down with your spouse and work through these three questions together, it will begin to cultivate emotional trust and restore emotional intimacy, I promise you. All right, here's question number one. How did your parents or family resolve conflict growing up? Okay, follow-up question to that is, do you think it was healthy or unhealthy and why? All right, let me say that again. How did your parents resolve conflict growing up? Do you think it was healthy or unhealthy and why? All right, so that's that's the it's, it's kind of three questions in one, but that's the first question. Number two, there's typically two reasons we argue: either a a lack of healthy and intentional communication, or b underlying fears. Which of these two obstacles resonates with you, or is it both? And if you say it's fear, 
then which of the fears do you connect with the most that we listed in this podcast? Okay. Is it fear of rejection, fear of being alone, fear of abandonment, or fear of conflict? All right, last one, last question. On a scale of one to 10, how conflict avoidant are you? So one would be, I avoid conflict at all costs. Uh, and number 10 would be, I embrace it and understand it's a normal part of life. Okay. Now ask your spouse if they think the number you gave yourself is accurate. Oof. <laughs> that might take a little bit of courage, but I promise you it will be so good for your relationship. So a scale of one to 10, how conflict avoidant are you? One, I avoid it at all cost. Uh, 10, I embrace it at all cost. And then ask your spouse, so do you think the number I gave myself is accurate? Okay, let's recap today's transformational truth. In marriage, talking doesn't equal communicating. Listen, if transformational truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor. Take a moment, go over to Apple iTunes, rate the show, write. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.